I, you know, when there's things that you've been thinking about and meditating on and just trying to understand, whenever I read the Bible, I don't feel like, how do I say this? I, a lot of times I feel like God's trying to reveal something to me when I'm reading my word. And he like takes me through these journeys of like understanding the deeper depths of knowing him. Like I've been learning a lot about Abraham and God showing me a lot about what it looks like to be called and the name change and the significance of a name change and the path to that happening. And so, but I've been stirring in my spirit for a bit of time about this single subject, which is the war on women right now. And I, I don't know who said it, but I just remember when I was in Bible school, they had somebody come in and they were talking about how when something gets off balance, it's because the enemy is trying to bring in significance to one half of the kingdom. And I've always thought about that when it comes to things happening in culture. And I've watched as women have fought mighty battles to be where we are today and watched significance being pulled away from who they are, not even just inside of the church, but just inside of the world. And and almost this this high level of devaluation to the point where being a woman has has become almost like a, a sign of being looked down upon or less than and and you can say, no, I don't agree with that. I think that there's this and this. But as you read the news and you watch things begin to flow through, whether that's politically or culturally, you can see that women are being devalued, that who they are, that who God has created them to be is being devalued on the earth today. Why? Because the enemy knows that there's something upon women that he, that he needs to stop. When you understand that, one of the greatest things I ever learned was that when I choose Jesus, it is the greatest indication to the enemy to attack. When I choose Jesus, that is the most scared the enemy could ever be because of what I inherently carry. And it's the same thing for you. When you choose Jesus, the enemy goes, oh, I got to stop that because they can unlock something inside of people that that I don't want unlocked. They can bring authority. They can bring true freedom. And they can show people the true light and love and purpose of their life. And I got to stop that because that's his assignment. He roams the earth to stop significant things, significant people from being and knowing the one who loves them, but also being who he has called and created them to be. And when you understand that, the way you read this book becomes different. The way you look at culture becomes different. You don't sit back with hesitation anymore. You actually get angry. There is a justice spirit that arises in you because you can see the signs and you can see who God has called them to be. That's why when it says, love your neighbor as yourself and that that is the golden rule is because God is going, if you can love me and you can love them just as much as we have relationship and love for one another, think of what could happen. The justice spirit rises in you because you look at people and you go, you are called to more. 
why do you think you are not called to more? There is a reason why me as a youth leader can walk in a room and call out a a group of students and go, you are called to this. You have authority on your life. When you were born, you were significant. And that shifts everything. Why do I do that? Because my love for them, it's my love for them. It is my justice spirit. It is my spirit that is that is in tune with the Father and knowing him and knowing his word and who he has called us to be. And it's going, there is so much more for your generation and I'm tired of the enemy attacking. The justice spirit arises in you and, and it can't be stopped. It can't. If you stay locked in relationship, if you read the fullness of this word and you live the fullness of this word, I'm telling you, you will look at people and go, man, the authority that's on your life and watch a life change. So when I'm talking about the, just the attack on women, it it took me back to reading about all the significant times that Jesus brought women forward. The first time, the first time that Jesus reveals that he is the son of God is to who? Is to the woman at the well. And it's not just any type of woman. It is a woman that one is of a different race. So there is a racial boundary, right? There is a racial boundary. She's also going to the well during the day. Why is she doing that? Because she is a woman that is seen as less than because she had multiple husbands. So she goes during the day, during the heat of the day, because she knows nobody else will be there and nobody will look down upon her. So this woman who is seen as nothing, Jesus reveals that he is the son of God. Jesus reveals that he has come to bring eternal life. That's significant. I think when you read your Bible and you stop reading it and like, okay, just the Bible, but you start reading it as there's something deeper. Actually, this isn't just words on a page. There's something deeper happening here. Jesus doesn't just do things to do things. He's on a mission. He has a purpose. Right? It's like when you go to the gym, you got you got your list, maybe you don't. Sometimes I don't. But you have like what you're going to do and you go in and you have a purpose and you know I'm going to do this, and then I'm going to do this, and I'm going to do these three sets. Jesus came to the earth with a purpose and a mission. So when he brings significance to women, why? Because he's going, it has been devalued and I've come to bring value. I've come to even the playing field. I have come to show the significance of who you are. Or else, when Jesus died on the cross, he would have only died for half the kingdom's sin. Think about it. Like, let's start thinking about it. And so, Jesus is bringing all this value to women. And one of my big things that I love to talk about is how the disciples don't realize it. Jesus is bringing value to women. And you can see it even in the way that they write things. When they talk about Jesus feeding the 5,000, that doesn't include women and children. Why? Because they don't have value. And the disciples didn't correlate what Jesus was actually trying to do when he was healing women, he was talking to women, when women were following him. Right? How do I know this? Because I've read my word and I've delved deep into it. And if you read your word, there are so many times that women are trying to get to Jesus in Luke or in, um, in John, and they're trying to get healed or they're trying to call out to him and the disciples are like, go away. 
so many significant moments of that. And and they're not realizing. And, and if you watch it happen, Jesus, like, there's just a lot of moments where Jesus hears what they say and does the complete opposite. And they're not realizing what his actions are doing. He's going, I don't got to say anything to you. You should understand my action. Wild, right? So Jesus healing women, Jesus shows that he's the son of God to a woman first. That is significant. That is so significant because God is going, I have come, I've sent my son to bring value to the whole kingdom. But there is a certain part that I want to break down to you. And this is in Matthew 26. Okay. In Matthew 26, 26, 6, Jesus anointed at Bethany. While Jesus was in Bethany, the home of a man known as Simon the leper, a woman came to him with an alabaster jar of very expensive perfume, which she poured on his head as he was reclining at the table. When the disciples saw this, they were indignant. Why this waste? They asked. They're not getting it. This perfume could have been sold at a high price and the money given to the poor. I'm going to stop right there. Can I say this? Anything you pour at his feet is more significant and worth more than anything this world could have to offer. You could leave all that you have at his feet, and it's worth more than anything. I, I kind of get like, like my spirit is like, just get it. Like, disciples, just get that. Like, she is anointing him out of her love, out of her love for him, right? And that it's significant that she, while the world calls it waste, she goes, no, this is the purest gift, and it has the most, I just literally just lost my train of thought, but it literally has the most value, the most significance upon Jesus that it ever could in the world. Ever. So let's continue. Aware of this, Jesus said to them, why are you bothering this woman? She has done a beautiful thing to me. The poor you will always have with you, but you will not always have me. When she poured this perfume on my body, she did it to prepare me for burial. I tell you the truth, wherever the gospel is preached throughout the world, what she has done will also be told in memory of her. What Jesus is saying is, you don't understand the significance and the value of what she just did. One, your offense, because one, it's a woman. Like, let's actually be honest with ourselves. It's a woman. So you're like, why are you wasting? Why are you being like this? And you're not understanding the significance of what this woman is doing. She is preparing my body. She is preparing me to be the weight of love for the earth. She's preparing me. And when he says, what she has done will also be told in memory of her, he's going, yeah, I want you to remember this moment. Because what she did, while the world overlooks women, she will always be found significant in my word. 
in my world. She will always be found significant. So what Jesus is, is it's a deep, this is a deep part of scripture because yes, it's about leaving a, a, a beautiful offering, about pouring your perfume at his feet, which I love, but it's also the significance of her doing it and that it was a woman that did it and that Jesus is saying she will always be remembered in a culture that is saying women are nothing. I want you to begin to take what Jesus is saying and I want you to begin to understand the weight of what he's trying to teach your heart. He's trying to go, hey, I'm bringing so much significance to them because I know what the world is going to try to do. And I know the kingdom can't be fulfilled with only half of it. Half of the kingdom will never work. It will never work. I didn't die for half. I died for the fullness. And so I know that we look at culture and we look at all these political issues that are happening with women and the devaluation of women. And we look at Jesus, who's bringing significance. And what we need to begin to do is to get on our face and begin to know and plead his beautiful word over half of the kingdom. Because when half the kingdom's being attacked, it means it's time for us to go to war. It is not time for us to sit back. It is not time for us to go, well, it'll just get figured out. No, you are put on this earth to be a light in the darkness, right? To be a city on a hill. That means when things get dark, who's going to combat it? The light. That is our job. So are you going to begin to intercede for half of the kingdom? And I'm not saying that men are not being attacked. I'm not saying that at all. I'm not trying to be this person who's like, it's men against women. No, what I'm trying to do is go, do you see what is happening on the earth right now? Do you see the enemy is trying to cage down women because he's scared of what could be unlocked? Do you see it? And are you willing to war for it? When I talked about earlier this week, Psalms 27, one thing I ask is to gaze upon your beauty, to seek you. Seeking comes from prayer. As much as it comes from reading your word, as much as it comes from going to a service, as much as it comes from listening to podcasts, it comes from deep-rooted prayer. So will you begin to intercede, and then will you begin to stand? All of my strength when I'm talking in authority or I'm preaching with authority or I'm, I'm praying over people with authority, it, it is coming from the significant moments of me in the secret place with him getting his heart for a situation. Get his heart and then begin to stand. And for those of you guys that are like, I don't really want to fight. I don't know. Do you realize in the Old Testament what they're doing most of the time is going to war? They're going to war. I think part of us thinks that when Jesus died on the cross, it meant that we were meant to live an easy life and it wasn't going to be hard, even though literally throughout the New Testament, it talks about trials and tribulations and how it's going to be hard and perseverance, like over and over and over again. We have to learn to start swinging the sword. Or else we'll look around one day and go, wow, what happened? Are you going to stand or are you going to go, just kind of tired. Okay, that's fine. Just don't be shocked when God brings significance to others who took a stand and those who didn't. 
I'm just, I'm just at this point where I'm like, are we in a war for women? Are we in a war for the kingdom? Because I'm watching this all happen and I'm going, wow. Okay, God. What's it look like for me to stand? Okay, God. I just went in. I could talk more and more and more, but I want, here's my application for you is to go get in the secret place and ask God for his heart. Like, God, what's going on 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 the earth? And how can I begin to stand for you? Begin to delve into your word and, 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 and search through all the significant moments that Jesus is bringing to women and go, okay, how can I partner with that? How can I live that out today? Because it's not just about right now. It is about a generation to come. I think about my nieces and I think about my, my future children and I go, my daughters are not going to live in a culture where they are devalued, where they are seen as less than, where they can't be fully called. No. So where do we stand? Where do we stand?